Guys, this is going to be a little bit different because today this episode of Mob Rules is brought to you by Games Workshop, uh, who supplied us hey. with the brand new copy of Warzone Nashman Grand Tournament Pack Immunitorium Field Manual for us to peruse and kind of go through before general release. So thank you so much for supporting the show Games Workshop by sending us this free copy uh, for us to advertise of Warzone Nashman. Oh. Warzone Nashville. Warzone what now? Warzone Nashville, like War- Nashville hot chicken, is uh, pretty the, spicy. It's pretty that's spicy. That's, pretty spicy. Yeah, that, that's that's my that's my quick take, John. That is, and, and you know, uh, and Danny, of course, thank you for your quick hot take there, John. Here as well, obviously, as Danny already mentioned, it also helps if I fade out the music and not your microphone when you're trying to talk, as I did when we were starting here. Um, but yeah. And- we're on top of it today. So, we are. Like, we're not going to screw around. We're just going to we're gonna talk about these missions. We're going to talk a little bit about some point changes. Like, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Uh, yeah, Warzone Nashment is the first in a new line of Warhammer seasons that are coming to competitive 40K. Uh, going to be every six months, a little bit of a refresh and a little bit of an update. Uh, and this one is n- no exception. After a very disappointing chapter-approved 2021, Danny, I think we can kind of both agree, uh, this book has some huge changes. It has some big points changes. For sure. For some factions. <laughs> for some. Um, but, I mean, before we get to the field manual, Danny, I know you and I both maybe haven't had the chance to correlate and cross-reference and create Excel documents over the different point changes between things. And I just have extreme salts about one thing. Uh, but the the GT packet in itself, <laughs> um, a lot of changes in here. The main one to come up right off the bat is in how armies are constructed. Now, if you are playing a, oh, yeah, John, let's talk about that. if you are playing a GT mission using Warzone Nashman, which is going to be the competitive standard for the next six months, all of the units in each detachment in the player's army must have yeah. at least one faction keyword uh, in common, and this keyword cannot be Chaos Imperium Aldari Inari or Tyranids. Danny, what does that mean? Uh, well, I mean, that's the same as it was before. Oh, of course it was. That's why you do the hot takes. Um, well, then the parts that I meant to read out here, all of the units of the player's (laughs) army that have selectable faction keywords, um, that is faction keywords presented in angular brackets that the player selects when they add these units to the armies must all have this, the same selectable keywords. Now that I've read the right part that you told me to, what does that mean for army construction, Danny? All right. Yeah. Well, if uh, yeah, I'm just being a, a salty bitch today, I guess. Sorry, John. Uh, I'm not meant. I'm not meant to take it out uh, on you or anything. Like not that. not on Wednesday uh, nights. So, on Monday nights, you are. Wednesday nights, you're not. Yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday nights, I'm happy, Danny. Because <laughs> I have no. Because I have. Because well, wait, wait, hold on. That's going to sound bad. If I said I'm not being produced, that's. <laughs> that's, just, that's just how I do it. Uh, but it no but like you know we have you know we, there's no agenda here we're just here to talk about this book yeah um so yeah so let's talk about that so what that means is that you know your favorite chapter your favorite high fleet your favorite tomb world your dynasty like all of those have to be from the same selection in your list so that means there's no 
mixing of different things. Like, so you can't have like emperor's children with night lords with world leaders. Like, you can only take one of those, or no Jormungandr with uh, high feet Leviathan. Uh, no mixing of Grey Knight Brotherhoods, which I think is that's probably a big deal for that army. That means that you're limited to one Grey Knight Grandmaster, mm-hmm. um, which freaking good. Um, but <laughs> are you trying to say that the ability to take three Grandmaster Dread Knights and three Dread Knights was incredibly oppressive in the mid tables? No, it's incredibly impressive on all tables. Like that is one of the top tier lists. I think that that's uh, that's a that's a good change. I also think it potentially affects some of the better Drukari builds, um, like especially some of the pain engine spam stuff, like uh, taking two different uh, homunculus covens and things like that. You, you just can't do it. You're going to have to just pick one. I mean, so it's like a, that's like a small debuff, not really anything for Drukari. Yep. Luckily, um, two more buffs are coming from Drukari from the next um, quarterly balance data slate, most likely. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> because, they need, because they needed it. For sure. Um but there is a but co- yeah, that's that's in essence what that means. Yeah, but there is also a couple of ex- exceptions here. So chaos players kind of hold yourself a little bit. Um, the mark of chaos and the legions keywords can be different for different units in a player's army. So if you are taking black legion, sure. uh, you can take kind of different uh, marks within that. Uh, and then the dreadblade and freeblade keywords uh, can have different selectable faction keywords to other units in the player's army. Um, so really okay. thematic changes to kind of keep it so. One, uh, Chaos players uh, have only as many complaints as they have wounds out of this book, uh, and then kind of other things here. Also, another thing, that's a good one, yeah, just one complaint, uh, never two. Uh, if a player's army includes one or more super heavy auxiliary detachment, they can change the command benefit of one of them to plus two command points if the unit in this detachment is not your warlord, but it is from the same faction. Uh, so really pushing the ability to take those like super heavy auxiliaries. Yep, so I'm glad that that's a codified change again. Um, it's nice they were doing that. That was in last seasons as well. Yeah. I'll be using my monolith on that capacity in the, in the, in the LVO in a couple weeks. Yep, I'm pretty excited uh, to actually probably finally pull the trigger on that uh, super heavy tank that I've been looking at here. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. it's the idea of that floaty tank with a five-up and vulnerable pleases me. Um, <laughs> Other changes, the only other really big change here uh, from the the creation of your army and the pre-battle phase is the selection of secondary objectives, which have been uh, rightly fixed, I feel is a great term for it. Now, um, at least two of your secondaries have to come from the Nashman secondary objective list. Um, So, sorry, Space Marines, no more one objective from Space Marine Prime Codex, one... uh, uh, secondary from your chapter specific codex uh two of them have to come from this management book uh danny obviously i think that's a fantastic change what are your opinions on this change well until space marines version two comes out and they can take four secondaries i'm just i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> you can only take three um, no i think this is a great change i'm glad that they're limiting them a little bit i mean Granted, like it's crazy to think this now because of how much people complain about about space marines, right? Like that uh, that they're getting a little bit of a nerf when it. I don't think it's that big deal anymore, but it's definitely hurts them um, not being able to take um, oath of moment and then another secondary from their book seems mm-hmm. pretty good. And keep in mind, the rumor is we're getting some updated supplements for some of the other chapters. So those probably will have secondaries as well. So that'll make that choice between uh, 
uh, owes the moment and the other stuff a little bit more uh, challenging and uh, depending on, you know, what's, what, what's going to be good in that particular mission. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the best thing to come out of Nashment here is the secondaries and they have been updated. There is some changes and there's some great new ones in here. So we're kind of just going to go through them here, Danny. I'm going to use your amazing competitive knowledge to let me know any changes that we might have in oh, there. Um, and then, yeah, as terrible as I'm well known for my extreme competitive knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> it's your dry, sarcastic um, competitive knowledge. I love it. So one one thing yeah. I'd like to point out before we start talking about this is there are new secondaries for all the factions that don't currently have a racial secondary um, or faction secondary um, that you can choose. Uh, so there's one for Astro Militarum, uh, one for Chaos Space Marines, one for Demons, one for Tyranids, uh, Chaos one Knights. for Chaos Knights, and one for Imperial Knights. Um, uh, also, uh, we've got, I think that's it. Am I, am I missing any? Yeah, I think that's it. That is, that is it. Well, I mean, we it's say that is it. The only books about Codexes, like, oh, LR ones, but we haven't gotten an LR Codex and I think that's probably coming pretty soon. So expect an LR Codex, I guess, within the next year to six months. So yeah, that's pretty cool. I would say definitely if you don't have a, if you don't have a army based secondary and you are not in the Nashman secondary objective book. Um, I would expect a codex within the next few months for you, uh, the very minimum here. Yeah. Um, but if we look at it here, all of our favorite categories are still here. Uh, first up with Purge the Enemy, Assassination is completely unchanged. Uh, score three victory points at the end of the battle for each enemy character model that is destroyed. And if you kill the Warlord, you get a bonus victory point. Uh, and I think, honestly, Danny, that one didn't need change, so that's perfectly fine to keep going. No, it was fine. Still a bit of a trap, maybe? Uh, I mean, it just depends on your opponent's army and how well you, how well you're gonna how well you think you're gonna crump them. You know, like if you feel like you're gonna get in there and mess them up, or or they have characters that have to be in combat um, to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is probably a fine secondary to take. Yeah. Um, then we got uh, for the emperor, which is the new Astro Militarum one. Our first uh, army specific one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Score one victory point at the end of the battle round for each enemy unit that was destroyed during the battle round by an Astro Militarum unit from your army to a maximum of three. So this oh. one's kind of cool because you can stack it uh, with uh, uh, like uh, grind them because they're in different categories. Yep, which is kind of cool. So if you really if you really think that you're gonna win the attrition war, like you took a very tough Imperial Guard army, not bad. I will say, um, is there a lot of armies out there that have like 15 plus units right now, though? Is this going to be a hard one to max out? Yeah, well, actually, so, sorry. Uh, I think there are actually many. Um, and keep it like, yeah, you're not, maybe you don't max it up, but at least you're getting a point for every single unit you destroy. So you're definitely getting something. So this is like a good third secondary. Right. Awesome. Like you can't figure out what to take. All right, I'm going to kill stuff. I'll, I'll, get, I'll take this one. Yeah. What's next? What we got? So we got bring it down. Uh, bring it down, change slightly. Um, instead of being 1 to 10 wound scores 1 victory point, it's 1 to 9. And then 10 to 14 is 2. And uh, 15 or more is 3. So you're getting, uh, you know, 1 victory point for monsters and vehicles. So you're talking like... Talos, Carnifex is that kind of stuff. But then like Rhinos and Raiders and that kind of stuff give up two points now, which is quite good. I'm pretty happy about this change. I think this is good for 
uh, kind of limiting some transport to them. Although we'll see if that continues. Like Raiders definitely got nerfed and that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. still, it's a it's a nice it's a small it's a little it's a nice little cookie that they gave us. Yeah, some crumbs. It's good times. As someone who's recently painted up a bunch of transports, this one makes me super happy. Um, then we have <laughs> Titan Hunter. Um, score four victory points at the end of the battle if one enemy Titanic model is destroyed. Nine of two enemy Titanic models are destroyed, or fifteen if three or more Titanic models are destroyed. Um, Danny, this appears to me in my sort of layman's terms as kind of an auto fifteen against knights if you're winning, um, and an auto not if you lost. Yeah, I feel like it's really easy to kill two. Like not really easy, but it's relatively easy to kill two super heavies. But killing three in one game is, uh, I guess, it depends on what your army is. So yeah, absolutely. And then, Danny, take us through the first one, and no mercy, no respite. So this is no prisoners. Um, this one isn't really changed, except for, um, so you add up uh, anything that, that dies that's not a vehicle, monster, or character, um, and you count your wounds up, and that's how many points you, t- you score on this um, after you divide it by 10. So for every 10 wounds you do, you get a point, and then in addition... If you kill between 50 and 99 wounds worth of models, you get an extra point. And if you kill more than 100, you get two extra points. So you only have to kill 130 models to get 15 points on this. Only. Which, only as someone who's ran Poxwalker Spam, I can tell you my opponent is very easy to do. Uh, those guys just I can, fall, yeah. fall apart like paper. It's good against my Necrons, like, because they reanimate and stuff like that, too. So you can potentially get points off of that. And, like, you know, even, like, a bunch of three-wound models, you're still going to get points out of, so... Yeah. Then Scarabs hate this one weird trick. <laughs> we have been told we have to be more clickbaity with our titles. So maybe that's what we call our field review is just, yeah. <laughs> Learn how to max no prisoners with this one trick. Just play against yeah. Necrons. Yeah, <laughs> just play against Necrons. You take 27 scare bases, you'll be fine. Um, and then we have Grind Them Down, uh, which is just score three victory points at the end of the battle round if more enemy units and friendly units were destroyed this battle round. Same. You know it, you love it. It's it was uh, the classic objective that, that didn't really need changed. Um, but Danny, I specifically chose to regrind them down so you would get both of the very long ones and the no mercy, no respite. You're welcome. The yeah. the trick is though, John, is I'm not gonna read the whole to the last. So to the last <laughs> is not changed. Oh got him. Got him. Uh, basically you get five points per, per unit that is uh, you pick your three most expensive units in points. Um for each one that lives through the game, you get five points. If you split them up into multiple units, like if they combat squad or something similar, if one of those units is still alive, up the other isn't, you only get three points. So still, you get three points. So if you lose one half of one of your things, you still get like <laughs> you'll get thirteen points, which is still pretty good if you can keep your stuff alive. Yeah, for sure. Um, then we have the Chaos Knight specific Path of Destruction, a progressive objective, uh, score one victory point at the end of the battle round for each of the following conditions that were satisfied during that battle round for a maximum of three victory points. And man, do Chaos players love bookkeeping. Uh, if you have one or more enemy units destroyed by a Chaos Knight model from your army while that Chaos Knight model was wholly within your deployment zone, score a point. Uh, if one or more enemy units were destroyed by a Chaos Knight model from your army while that Chaos Knight's model was more than three inches away from either player's deployment zone, and if one or more enemy units were destroyed by a Chaos Knight model from the army while that Chaos Knight model was wholly within your opponent's deployment zone. Um, So at the end of every round, kill something in your deployment zone, 
in the middle of the table in your enemy's deployment zone. Uh, Danny, this one doesn't seem great. I think this is awesome. Wow. Well, this is why you do the awesome things. So I think this one rules, like, you can get two points off of one Chaos Knight in a turn for just doing the stuff it's normally going to do. Because, like, you can shoot outside of your deployment zone, kill something, Mm -hmm. then charge into their deployment zone, kill something else. And then you just have to, your one dude who's sitting back holding the home objective, blasting away, he can get a victory point too. Are you not worried about something kind of like the the size of the bases and kind of the more density of terrain that we're seeing really limiting it? Because it does specify you have to be wholly within the deployment zone in order to do that there. Um, and while, yeah, Danny, you are fantastic with your movement shenanigans through uh, consolidations, pylons, and things like that, um, isn't it going to be kind of more difficult to ensure that you're wholly within that enemy deployment zone to maximize your points on this? I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> cool. But, like, I think it's worth the chance that you take to do this stuff because I think that if you roll a good charge, and especially with all the bonuses that you get to charge for being Chaos Knights, um, like, it's easy to get plus one, plus two to charge kind of thing. Um, maybe not plus two. Definitely plus one uh, is easy to get in that army. Um, I think that you can really make it pretty far into their deployment zone. Um, I also, like, also, like, you can advance and shoot and charge stuff. So, uh, like, there's a bunch of... You have, I think you have a lot of options here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's especially good on something like... Like, if, you, if they have a screen, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. And you have, like, an armiker um, that can, like, you know, chop into, like, a unit of five dudes that's, like, you know, pretty 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 weak and kind of charge it around their models. Plus, remember that Chaos Knights can also move over models. Um, so you have the potential to really kind of get where you need to go, assuming they're not very clever with their movement placement. So probably good against somebody who doesn't, who, who may not have like the best idea of positioning and things like that. Probably not as good at like the top level top tables, I would say. Which obviously when I said this wasn't very good was the only thing I was considering. And I wasn't just shooting blindly in the dark. Clearly John only plans for playing on the top tables guys. That's because John is so good at this game. And that's why I lose in the mid tables. Cause I never planned to be there in the first place. Yeah, no, you're just like, Oh, I wasn't, I was planning on being playing really good players, not you. And you made such a weird move that well, I didn't foresee it. So. It's like, you know, when you play like your little brother and Tekken or something and he's just, you can't figure out the button mashing and what they're going to do next. Cause it doesn't make sense. Same thing. Not really. Uh, I don't have a little brother. No, we'll pretend. Make believe. It's fine. Okay. Uh, next. I'm trying. It's very difficult for me. <laughs> it's okay. I don't we have, have a little brother either. Sorry, man. I am dry as like a, pi- a piece of pilot bread today. Uh, so uh, apologies. You're all good, Isa. A little bit of LaCroix. Yeah. I think it's this melatonin that I ate before I took this, which was like the worst choice of medicine to take. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. It's not going to kick. It kicked in like immediately. Immediately. So, like, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I apologize for being on drugs while we talk about this. <laughs> over the counter pharmaceuticals. Yeah, it's over the counter pharmaceutical. Yeah. Legal in all 50 states and also the UK, I assume. Anyway, so we got synaptic insight here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you have to keep a synaptic tally, John. Um, if, if you kill, um, you, it, it resets to zero at the end of each or at the start of each battle round. Each time an enemy model, excluding dedicated transports are destroyed by a synapse model from your army. If that enemy had a wounds characteristic of between three and five, hit plus one. 
If it had a wound characteristic of six and nine, add two. And if it had a wounds characteristic of ten or more, add three. Score three victory points at, at the end of the battle round if your synaptic kill tally was four or more. You cannot score more than twelve victory points from this objective. I think this is great. This is a great. This is a great. Great. That seems like a really easy way to score twelve points. Well, okay. So keep in mind the stuff that needs to do damage here is stuff like the Swarm Lord, mm-hmm. um, like Flying Tyrants. Warriors are probably not going to do it. Like, quite honestly, um, I'm trying to think of other dangerous synapse creatures. Brood Lord, maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's decent. It's not great. It's probably it's, it's a like, especially if you can plug a tank down to like two wounds left and then shoot it with a tyrant and like with a venom cannon and like kill it. Yeah. So it's like a decent one to sort of maybe build around and like you said, maybe plink down all of those wounds to the very bare minimum yeah. and then just have the synapse come and kind of steal some kills. Sure. Or if you get a good psychic phase off, like you can use psychic powers to kill models. It doesn't specify what phase they have to mm-hmm. die in, just that they die to a synapse creature. So um Oh, this is kind of cool. Okay, so Zoanthropes, if you smite and they get their super smite off, you can potentially do some pretty good damage with that. Yeah. Um, that could be pretty that could be pretty spicy. For taking the last couple of wounds on a tank or a dreadnought or something. Yeah. I kind of like that. Anyway, it's okay. Yeah, solid okay there. Uh, the Long War. Uh, guess who this is for, Chaos Space Marine players. At the, at the end of your turn... it was just clickbait. <laughs> always. Boom. Is, Boom goes the dynamite. Is this a secondary objective? Yeah. Um, the long <laughs> war for Chaos Space Marines. Um, to find out. <laughs> that's me clicking. Uh, at the end of your turn, you score one victory point for each enemy unit that was within range of an objective marker at the start of that turn that was destroyed by a heretic Astartes unit from your army during that turn. At the end of your turn, you score two victory points if you control one or more objective markers that were controlled by your opponent at the start of that turn. And a heretic Astartes unit from your army is within range of one or more of those objective markers. You cannot score more than three victory points from the secondary objective per turn. Danny, was that was was that kind of look of disgust at uh, the objective or, or the soda? It was the soda, John. Okay, good. It's not from today. How are we feeling about the long war? Oh, God. It's dope. A warm, warm old soda. (laughs) What better way to describe current Chaos Space Marines than a warm old soda? (laughs) It's a perfect metaphor, John. That you forget, and I should know. I've done much research into metaphors. Um, But yeah, so this one here, really rewarding. Like, I feel like the Chaos Space Marine playstyle, right? Dude, it's awesome. I think this one's great. Uh, like, it's not you're not going to get one point. You're not going to get three points on it every turn, but you're you're almost certainly going to get one. I feel like because you're you're playing the game, mm-hmm. and this is playing the game, right? And if you get into assault, that's even better. That's where a lot of chaos space marine units want to be. So I think that they can like if you get significant like if you get a unit of uh, like corn berserkers into an objective and kill the unit kill the unit that's holding it, like you get three points. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And this would combo really well with things like Stranglehold as well, where you're, again, just kind of playing the mission and trying to hold on to objectives, too, and, and kind of just kill people off of it. Yeah. Hey, I got Agreed. a thing right. I got a thing right that I said, and you didn't instantly be like, no, John, like uh, Al from Tool Time. Um, what's our next secondary? 
the last one in the in this section is fat, dude. The No Mercy No Respite has a lot of secondaries. That's a four so specific ones. Malefic Terror. What's that? It has four faction specific ones in there. It does. Yeah, and that makes it chubby. So unlike this objective, um, <laughs> this one is Malefic Terror. This is a Chaos Demons uh, progressive objective. So every time an enemy model flees the battlefield, score point. Each time an enemy unit is destroyed by an attack made by a Chaos Demons unit, like uh, before removing the last model, roll 2d6. If the result is equal to or exceeds the current leadership value of the enemy model, score a victory point. You cannot score more than four points in this objective per turn. This is... Yeah. It's just bad. It's real bad. I got the soundboard. I figured what better place to kind of bring like, it back it's very on. It's thematic, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe if Chaos Demons get some more leadership tricks, I think this one's pretty good. This one could be good, but like as it stands right now, it's like is pretty bad. Is there any way for Chaos uh, Demons as an army to really kind of stack those leadership modifiers, really force those things? Um, no. But again, there's there's sort of something that really feels bad about uh, a strategy or a, a secondary that you can kind of counteract with the stratagem for two CP. Where like, well, yeah. you're gonna score four points this turn, but I can negate a lot of that by just auto passing morale here. Or if yep. you're up against custodies with leadership eleven, um, or you just like you know roll a one on your leadership test and you don't lose anybody. Yeah, <laughs> there's just a there's just like a seventeen percent chance that you get no victory points <laughs> through and, no fault of your own. Right. Feels feels bad, man. I feel I like honestly, it's just it's just not good. Like if they had some, like if they had some more leadership shenanigans, like you couldn't do stand, hold your ground, um, or like something if you could deny that somehow, mm-hmm. I think it maybe has more play or and or they ha- and they also have some ability, some more abilities to modify leadership. I think it's a minus two maximum that you can put on units. Still not great. No, no, it's not, John. It's not good. It's not that. It's not great at all. So yeah, that's that's my take on that. Perfect. And yeah, it's a shame, but hopefully, you know, come the summertime, it'll be hot demon summer uh, and we can talk in more positive terms about what they can do. Um, the dream, John. The, the dream. dream. Uh, speaking of other things, demons like Warpcraft is sort of the next section yeah. here. Uh, starting with the Boar the Witch, uh, which you cannot select if you have any psychers whatsoever. Score three victory points at the end of the battle for each enemy psyker character destroyed, destroyed, and two victory points for every other enemy psyker unit that is destroyed. This is unchanged. Um, still a favorite. Uh, the Black Templars everywhere. Uh, still the the bane of Grey Knights and Thousand Suns. Um, but really, I don't think this style of objective, like the anti-psyker one, is going to go anywhere. And I think this is about as balanced as it can get. I think, so to be totally honest, I love this in the game. I think it needs to be in the game. I think it's incredibly important. Um, I think that if you let armies that focus on, like, if you, first of all, you're giving up any chance that you have at any kind of way to interact with the psychic phase if you're eligible to take this. So your opponent gets to run roughshod on you with psychers all game. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what people want. Like, I've heard a lot of complain about this, and they think it's like a terrible secondary. Yeah, whatever. You're wrong. Are the people like, complaining Thousand Sun and Grey Knight players? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> 
or demons. I don't know. Like there's a lot of armies that have a lot of psychers. And so I, I feel zero remorse about that. I think this is a totally fine secondary. Like you're, you're giving up something pretty valuable in order to get a chance to win in, 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 in secondaries. So, yeah. so sorry. And it is very situational. Cause it's not like you're going to be taking it against your space Marine army no. with one librarian. Right. So like right. just it kind of, again, makes you think. And when we go back to the ITC missions that we played for years, like you really consider your army construction based on secondary. So maybe you're not sure. going to take three psychers because you know, like this is an option and you can bring other things. And yeah, there's going to be armies like the thousand sons and gray knights where, where it really hurts them. But like you said, Danny, they probably have 10 to 15 psychic powers. They're throwing out a phase minimum that just do a uber crap load of damage. I mean, they can either do damage or put their models in the most advantageous place, like teleport around the table. It gives them access to a bunch of rules that they wouldn't normally have. So with no with no chance of recourse from the enemy player, usually. I mean, there's you're going to have stuff like, you know, uh, Black Templars have a stratagem where they get to deny maybe one power on a four plus. Well, they do. Um, What's the name of that stratagem? I'm kidding. I wrote it down already. Witch, I think, right? It's the same? It's the same. I wrote it down. It's, yeah. It's a cool. joke. I'm a funny guy. All right. Then we got Warp Ritual, baby. Mm-hmm. So if you select this, keep a Warp, warp bleh, a warp a Ritual Points Tally. God, I was trying to say even a word that wasn't written in here. <laughs> Fantastic. Add one to the tally each time a unit from your army successfully completes the following psychic action. So it's a, warp, a psychic action Warp Charge 3. One psychic character from your unit may attempt to perform the psychic action in your psyche phase if it's within six inches of the center of the battlefield. Uh, at the end of the battle, score three victory points if you have one, seven if you, uh, score seven if your tally is two, or score 12 if your tally is three or more. So you get 12 points for doing it three times. It's pretty good. Still an improvement. It's the same as last year, uh, but way improved more than the all or nothing one it used to be. Um, a perfectly fine secondary. I've totally taken this with uh, Admech when I brought an Inquisitor. And like... <laughs> scored 12 points on it just because like everything else was it's dead impossible to get that because you shot well it. i mean you just had to get through like 100 guitar yeah but <laughs> you, you got this you don't no you don't you think you do but you don't uh pierce the veil um <laughs> a sidekick action warp charge for uh score eight victory points at the end of the battle so on game objective here if one or more units from your army successfully completed the following psychic action two or more times during the battle or 15 victory points at the end of the battle of uh, one or more units from your army successfully completed the psychic action four times during your battle please note that you can only score this objective once uh the psychic action warp charge four, uh, a unit from your army can attempt to perform the psychic action during your psychic phase if it is within six inches of your opponent's battlefield edge and more than six inches away from any enemy models. Danny, I have like just snap thoughts on this. Um, but uh, what is your actual correct thought on this before I embarrass myself again? I'd have to look at what the deployment zones are and what counts as the enemy board edge. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I think it's probably pretty bad. Um, I'm looking to see. Yeah, it's it's real bad, John. It's yep. uh, it's not fun for. Okay, so it's good maybe in data scry salvage. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can potentially score some okay points in that, but otherwise, uh, also maybe in conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at these. Sorry, I'm just going through. I guess it's probably okay in death and zeal. And that's it. 
so there's three missions where I think you where you have a, a shot at doing it twice, which is still worth decent, right? That's worth what, uh ten? Yeah. Uh you, you can yeah. I think you can max that out of fifteen. I think the issue comes to being is successfully casting a psychic power on the other side of the table four times or for four turns. Um when an army could be like within uh, deny range for the majority of that. Well, if you look at the missions and the ones that start you in the corner, mm-hmm. right? so you have ones that start in table quarters or ones that start like uh, old the old scouring mission, you know, with like where you start in the triangle. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the the pointy hammer and anvil and the pointy uh, dawn of war. Sorry, John, I, I didn't hear what you said. No, no, it's not like the, there was oh. a, the pointy triangle oh. and the pointy dawn of war. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So in those missions, you could potentially start pretty close. Like you just have to advance and you're like there. And then you just do it twice and you get eight points. And if you keep your opponent away from there, your psyker can do it four times and do it for 15 points, which is pretty good. Um, and it should, you can probably get there on the first turn, mm-hmm. which is extra nice. You just have to keep your opponent away from your dude. How do you feel about like an army like Tyranids with a secondary where they do have access to a lot of very quick psychers? I think, yeah, I think it's very mission dependent, right? Like mm-hmm. I think the map is super, or the, the, the layout, I feel like your deployment zone is super important and determining which edges the player's battlefield edge. Um, but like a flyrant doing this is not terrible, but would you rather do this or would you rather do warp ritual? It's fair. It's fair. I mean, that's the question you have to ask. Less points available overall. Um, but a more guarantee for sure. So why don't you tell us about psychic interrogation to round out this heretical uh, section of secondaries. So score three victory points. If you successfully complete the following psychic action, warp charge four. one psychic character from your army can attempt to perform the psychic action in your psychic phase. If it's within 24 inches of enemy characters, no note, this has changed. So it does not require a line of sight anymore. Um, so you have a 24 inch range from their characters and you just have to cast it once and you got it like i think this one's not bad mm-hmm. like it's pretty good what are some like drawbacks of this one if, if you're trying to do it to another like they're definitely be in deny range yeah. yep you don't get to cast psychic powers after you do it probably mm-hmm. those are the drawbacks to this perfect <laughs> yeah and i, I was just like, like i don't know i guess if your opponent is really hiding their characters deep in their deployment zone or something or just, but I think that that comes up pretty rarely. Yeah, just yolos the characters to suicide and be like, "Haha, you killed all of my buffs, and I denied you uh, three points." Uh, shadow oper- shadow operations. That's the kind of wrinkly plays I make, my friend. Uh, we start with raise the banners high. Uh, it's, it's still an action. One or more infantry units from your army can start to perform this action at the end of your movement phase. Each unit from your army that starts to perform this action. Uh, must be in range of a different objective marker that does not have one of your banners on it. Uh, unit couldn't start this action while there are any enemy units, excluding aircraft, on it. Uh, the action is completed at the end of your turn. Uh, this is action is successfully completed. The objective marker is said to have been raised, uh, and you control the objective marker, or, or it's removed if your opponent controls the objective marker at the start of any phase. Uh, one victory point at the end of each of your command phase, uh, one victory point at the end of the battle for each objective marker on the battlefield that has one of your banners raised upon it. Danny, you're a big fan of this one. Yeah, I take this one a lot. It's pretty passive. I don't really have to do anything. That's why I like it. 
Um, like I don't have to roll dice. It just happens. Yeah. Anytime. You can still do it with characters, mm-hmm. which is pretty nice. And they lose their auras, but nothing else. So uh, if your characters don't have auras, like, for instance, you take Necrons and you have some Cryptex in your army or something like that, totally fine. You're just solely um, there to erect flags. Yeah. And if you do it twice, like if you just have two flags, and chances are there's a, there's a good chance you can get three. Um, if you just do two flags you'll st- and you keep your flags all game, you're going to get 10 points, which is pretty good. Yeah. For, very, for a very minimal amount of effort. Yeah, especially with a lot of the missions start with two uh, objectives like right there for you to do. Totally. Yeah. Uh, investigate signal next. Uh, one infantry unit from your army that contains three or more models, and this is the first time we're going to see this here, uh, can start mm-hmm. to perform this action at the end of your movement phase if it is wholly within six inches of the center of the battlefield. This action is completed at the end of your turn, provided the unit uh, attempting it is still wholly within six inches of the center of the battlefield, and no enemy units are wholly within six inches of the center of the battlefield. Three points every time you do this. Danny, they sort of add infantry units of three or more models here, uh, which kind of messes up a lot of builds that we've seen exploiting these as secondaries up to this point. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people were taking this one because uh, they did change it in two ways, right? They added that three models deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but also they made it you, before you couldn't do it. If there were any enemy models within six inches of the center. So mm-hmm. now you can kill off the enemy units and still get the points. So, and keep in mind it's wholly within. So if they have one model within, it's not the same. Nice. Uh, and now, and again, I've said this before in other shows here last, uh, chapter proved. I was like, what the hell is Octarius data? Uh, and now with the release of the Nashman tournament packet, we have retrieved Nashman data, which is just, I guess, leaflets about the planet and the sector. Uh, so what the country you, music. The country music there. So, yeah, take us through uh, retrieving Nashman data. Yep. So retrieving Nashville data is a little <laughs> like, so first of all, I'd like to point out yeah. that this is, uh, <laughs> instead of Rod, now we have R&D. Um, <laughs> so I like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so the changes to this one is you can do it with a biker unit now, which is pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't do that before. Um, and you have to roll, um, you have to roll 1d6, subtracting one from the results of the unit that completed the action as a troops battlefield roll. If the results is less than or equal to the number of models currently in the unit, that table quarter is said to have a servo skull retrieved by your army, and you add one to your, to your data tally. Um, so you get four points for two, you get eight points for three, and 12 points for four. So they have the extra the extra thing in here. So units like Lictors, like one model kind of like units that can deep strike, couldn't go into this table, couldn't go into the table quarter and just like auto score this. Ooh, so, but the, they try. The 17% they chance, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's always a chance. Um, I like this. I still like small units, like units of five dudes that can do this. It's pretty mm-hmm. sweet. Although you might fail on a six. So maybe take that sixth guy, but then you're vulnerable to blast. So like, that's kind of a, that's kind of a thing you're going to have to weigh in your mind, whether that's worth it or not. Well, what I think shines with this one here is things like incursors and other kind of, uh, forward deploying troop units that can kind of go in there and like your five man just rod right away. I'm sorry, not rod R and D right away. Um, and just pretty much auto pass there, which is still super nice, but it does cut down, like you said, on kind of just your random, like they're deep striking in and being able to do it right away. 
Yeah, dude. Like you're like for instance, your Black Templars list that has the two units of incursors. Like the incursors can just walk right into that table edge. And keep in mind, they ha- it does have to be it does have to be um, six inches away from other table quarters. So like you're gonna be ha- have to be past the halfway point to walk over and then also do it right. So just mm-hmm. something to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, no, totally secondary. Still, still solid. Like just a little different and a little bit more restrictive, but also adding some options for other units of infantry, which I really like. Yeah, and moving along in the infantry biker train, deploy teleport homers. Um, is now a unit from your army can start to perform this at action at the end of your movement phase if it is wholly within 12 inches of your opponent's deployment zone if the unit is attempting this action as the troops battle for a drill the action is completed at the end of your turn otherwise the action is completed at the end of your next command phase in either case the action is only completed if the unit attempting it is still wholly within 12 inches of your opponent's deployment zone each time you do this you score two victory points um, or you score four victory points instead of the unit completed the action while wholly within your opponent's deployment zone. Uh, not bad. Not bad. And like I said, you it really punishes you almost for doing it uh, without troops because having to wait an entire reactionary turn um, it can be quite punishing. For sure, for sure. So we'll see. I, I can't think of any biker troops off the top of my head. Maybe um, um, Death Watch. Or is that elite? Yeah, I guess so. I guess the kill team potentially is a yeah. choice. So that's good for them, I think. Mm-hmm. Actually, like just bikers with that is pretty solid. You can go really far. Um, and then, of course, we yeah. won't see what we're getting yeah. out of the Eldari Codex. Um, yeah, or I guess sure, everyone can. I just haven't bothered looking at it. <laughs> but yeah, definitely some play yeah, with those writers, ones there. It's a, it's a like. If wind riders become troops again, which I'd be really surprised if they were, but yeah, super fast boys. Um, Pretty cool. Take us away with the final category here: battlefield supremacy. So you got a in mind. Score two victory points at the end of your turn if one unit from your army is fully within your opponent's deployment zone. Uh, score four victory points if two or more units from your army are wholly within opponent's deployment zone. Um, so I like that this finishes in your turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I kind of like this with drop pods. Oh, you just cheekily you drop, drop a couple of that. Deployment zone, you're just going to get four points. <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't even say, like, you have to wait until turn two. So you can still turn one drop pod and, like, say, okay, I've got two units here. Yeah, and that really is going to affect how your opponent deploys as well because they have to screen. Yeah to not let a drop pod in your deployment zone, which is going to spread them out way more than they might want to for buffs and things. Otherwise, it's just passive points. The whole time. What was that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, probably not going to let you deep strike in my deployment zone. To be well, his, historically, you don't let me deep strike in your deployment zone. I'm saying others others may. Uh, no. I don't. No, that's, Yeah. My DZ is my property, my sovereign ground, and you, as a sovereign citizen, <laughs> he's very a big fan of his well, Third Amendment. Right he's got his Third <laughs> Amendment rights for his deployment zone. <laughs> no troops. I will not let you quarter soldiers in my deployment zone. <laughs> <laughs> Engage in all fronts. Uh, score two victory points. Then every turn, if you have one or more qualifying units from your army, wholly within three different table quarters, and these units are more than six inches from the center. A qualifying unit is one that contains three or more 
uh, and or one that contains one or more vehicle or monster models. Uh, this seems way more specific. Yeah, I, I like that they add the three or more models thing. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's a monster vehicle, I think that's dope. Again, poor Lichter just just taking a beating. This chapter proved no longer the point they're, grabber. They're getting kicked right in the dick in this uh, chapter proved, which is fine. Yeah, they deserve it. I still have 12 from Luke Turchain, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just got an email. My criminal law pants got, class got canceled tomorrow morning. Uh, I am super fucking happy about that. Hell yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to detract from our review here, but hey, that great news. He gets to sleep in. Yeah, guys. So let's talk about Stranglehold, John. Hell yeah. And you know the best thing about Stranglehold is online college never cancels classes. So I, my due dates never change and I have to show up all the time. Anyway, Stranglehold. What if your teacher gets sick? You I know, don't know. I could see it, man. Buddy, let me, okay. Let's pause the review a second here. You're in my hopes and prayers. Half, half of these classes are the same syllabus from years ago. Um, just, I think the instructors just yeah. hit like, copy schedule forward uh but for a syllabus control v control v. <laughs> control v control v all along yeah um but that's okay it's a world-class yeah, education i'm an excellent computerist <laughs> um stranglehold you know what you love it uh review unpaused uh score three victory points at the end of your turn if you control three or more objective markers uh or and also you also control more objective markers than your opponent controls uh locally up in your alaska super popular one because danny i think you used the term earlier for one of the other um secondaries you get rewarded for playing the mission you're already playing yep john this is just a classic control c control v situation <laughs> this is like an online <laughs> college of <laughs> secondary like objectives college. <laughs> um, just get a degree for playing the game john i'm telling you it's perfect now before we jump across to to the last secondary which was an imperial knight specific ground one here um a lot of the time people kind of have some trouble choosing between engaging all fronts and stranglehold uh so kind of what is your thought between those two i like stranglehold almost all the time unless i'm playing against an army that can out obsec me but like i don't know i haven't met the man that can out obsec necrons yeah fuck you i mean yeah <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Yield no ground. Um, so, yeah, so this is Imperial Knights one. So first of all, I, all right, I'll talk about it, and then I'm going to shit talk it a little bit here. Okay. Score two victory points if you control half or more of the total number of objective markers on the battlefield and one or more Imperial Knights models from your army or within range of each of these objective markers. Score two victory points if no enemy models are wholly within your deployment zone. Score one victory point so long... Oh, God, this is so stupid. <laughs> Score one victory point so long as no Imperial Knights models from your army ended the turn closer to your battlefield edge than they started the battle round, and no Imperial Knights from your army fell back during the battle round. All right. So now, if I want to make my playing the game correct, I have to mark off where their Knights started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Are you kidding me? Like, I guess GW finally found a use. Moving straight lines, man. I guess they found a use for those little uh, red whippy sticks they used to sell with their boxes. As you just put them on the back of your night bases to show where they were. I guess. Yeah, I think that's the only way you really can like, like realistically, like without your opponent calling bullshit on you, like put a marker behind your model, right? Of some kind, like so, at the furthest point. So, guys, but if, then like. 
If you are playing SP on ice, yeah. take little markers because you're going to have to mark off in the battlefield where the knights start on the battle round. Uh, save your five points. Um, it does seem, I get thematically what they were going for with this one here. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, totally. No, it plays like knights should, right? Like they're advancing forward, they never turn their back to the foe. Like they are, they are, they're big, they're best, they don't get battlefield by storm. Even if they just stand there, they're not moving backwards, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's exactly what it is. But it's just, it's an annoying mechanic to deal with. I think it's, like, it's, I don't know. I think that that particular one is just bad. Like, it's it's a good objective. Like, you get points for beans for strangleholding, right? You get Mm -hmm. two points for that. Not on the first turn, but that's okay. You don't need it on the first turn. You can just play conservatively on the first turn. You do all Um, your backwards movement on the first turn. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just dude, moonwalk yourself back to the board <laughs> edge so you only go forward. And then uh like just keep people out of your deployment zone. So I can see that two points pretty easy to deny. Like, like all right, I'm putting these guys back on the corner, enjoy this little five man squad flayed one or something or, or whatever. Or, you know. I mean from what what you've been saying about all of these secondaries here, it really makes me want to just get a draw pod that I can just kinda hang out because just Oop. Yeah. Well, but keep in mind the disadvantage of draw pods, of course. It, they are the ultimate like, that and like avoid your shooting. So if you don't care about shooting, yeah, okay. Which I famously don't. Like, You'll you just see, give them some bonus movement, maybe. You've seen my army list, Danny. I, I don't know what guns are. I'm trying to play Warhammer Fantasy. Uh, well, maybe you'll take a gladiator gun. Who knows? Maybe I will. Yeah, maybe you'll take gladiator. <laughs> Maybe I will. Yeah, maybe they'll Yeah. And you and fortunately you cut out a little bit while dispensing that amazing burn that I'm sure hurt me personally and soulfully. Um but we're gonna take a co- soul burn A soul burn. Oh my gosh, that's probably a secondary in a, a book somewhere. Uh we're gonna take a quick break. Uh from our friends over at BCP, and we'll be right back, and we're going to go over missions. Dude, I'm the best. I took first place at another tournament. First off, stop with the thunder and lightning. You don't impress me. And second, let me check out the BCP rankings. And I don't see you on there. What? Your TO needs to download the Best Coast Pairings app and run events on it. After the event, the results are uploaded into BCP rankings, and the best part, it's easy and free. But I play multiple game systems. No big deal. The BCP app can be used for any game. A ton of events every weekend are using it, from major international tournaments to local stores. And now that it's available on Android devices, you're going to have some serious competition. There can be only one. BCP Rankings is a fun and exciting way to measure how you or your team stack up. No matter what you play, your score goes to an overall ranking. Or compete to be the best in a game, a circuit, a region, or the world. Download the app or visit www.bestcoastpairings.com for more info. Best Coast Pairings. Are you the best? I love it. Amazing. Uh, Danny, there's missions in this book, too. It's not just secondary missions. No way. There, there's God. there's primary missions too. Um, let me see here. Yeah, get ready for some changes with these ones. These ones are all very different from what you're used to, probably. If you've been playing the GT 2021 pack, um, 
the way that's scoring these, it's not 5, 10, 15 for primary. It's like, who knows? Yeah. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Uh, I think one that really shows off how that goes is the, the first mission at the Strike Force level, which is Recover the Relics, which the mission rule is a player only receives the Battle Force CP bonus at the start of their command phase if they control either one or more objective markers in their opponent's territory or if they control one or more objective markers in No Man's Land. Um, that, this mission has one 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 in your deployments in your opponent's deployment zone and four in no man's land. So really, it's a six objective mission. Really encouraging you to kind of go out and if you don't, if you hang out in your deployment zone, and I guess turn one, unless you have infiltrators or things that are going to go go in there, no bonus CP for you, which is huge. Yeah. Also, if you control your opponents, if you control your opponents one at the start of your turn. Uh, which big change which is nice which a great change but but super yeah. big change um as you were saying um uh, so, oh go ahead no i was gonna say as you were saying uh it's can hold one hold two hold more and uh, each of those is now four points right instead of the normal five points so, but then they add in break them body and soul, which is a progressive objective. At the end of each battle round, each player scores one victory point for each enemy unit that was destroyed during the battle round to a maximum of three. A unit, if it can, if it was destroyed and resurrected for any reason, uh, potentially counts as to having destroyed several times for the primary objective. So, if you if they kill a unit like a Necron character and they reanimate due to resurrection protocols, you can kill if you kill them again then guess what? That counts points. Yeah, which is super good. Uh, what is your take, uh, your quick hot take on Recover the Relics? Uh, I think it's I think it's cool. I like I like every mission has its own special role. So mm-hmm. um, I think that'll be fun for kind of dicing them up. There's some, like this one's not super significant because it's pro- you're probably not going to lose command points, but eh, you might. Mm-hmm. Be careful. Mission two. Don't, and the thing. So you're gonna say don't what now? I, I need to know what not to do. Don't don't let your opponent get close to your objective. Oh dang. That was the same advice you gave me don't last let them year. Capture the flag. It's it, this that was a nugget of yeah, that was a nugget of wisdom, John. <laughs> oh dang it. So I'm glad everybody got to experience that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, mission two here. Tear down their icons. Um in this mission, units from both players' army can attempt the following actions. Uh, prime explosives. Uh, you can start to perform this action at the end of your movement phase if you're wholly within your opponent's territory uh, and more than nine inches away from any primed explosive objective markers. If the unit performing this action has obsec or a similar rule, the action is completed at the end of your turn. Otherwise, it's the end of your next command phase. We're seeing that pop up again. If it's successful, set up one primed explosive objective marker, probably available in a pack of four from your local GW store, um, on the battlefield that's wholly within your opponent's territory and wholly within three inches of the unit completed it. Uh, This represents a cache of primed explosives, but does not count as an objective marker for any rules purposes, uh, other than for the defuse. And for defuse, uh, one unit from your army can start to perform this action at the end of your movement phase. If it's within range of a primed objective marker, um, the action is completed at the end of your turn, provided the unit attempting it is still within range. 
Uh, the action is successfully completed. Roll 1d6 and add 3 to the result of the unit has obsec uh, or a similar rule. On a 4+, plus, the primed explosive is removed. Uh, obsec, real important in this mission, Danny. Yeah, for defending your stuff. You can pretty much defuse anything right away. I know. You can be expert bomb. So in case you didn't know, just so everyone's aware. Yeah. Eldar Guardians, famous for their ability to defuse bombs. <laughs> it's the same as making a painting or an art. It's their it's their little the little brown elf head, just beads of sweat, and they have their little um, yeah, black gloves and the yeah. wire cutters the whole time. Well, you know that they're not using the right equipment, right? They're using like they have like oven mitts, mm-hmm. like and that kind of stuff. They're trying to protect themselves with. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, but the technology there is just fascinating (laughs) this is a a five objective mission um and then this special mission is secondary from this is detonation end game objective at the end of the battle each player scores four victory points for each primed explosive marker that is within their opponent's territory to a maximum of 15 uh what are your thoughts on the secondary uh so and it's this is hold one hold two hold more for four points each um so you can potentially get like I don't know how many times can you set up right set up a marker um and then they can like sit there really fast like okay so I think this is like the money to if you have a really fast moving infantry unit that can and keep in mind this can be any unit like Mm -hmm. it's not limited to infantry that can set up the bomb John it can be anything it could be a dreadnought Mortarians, giant fingers, really good at programming explosives like Nicolas Cage and Face-Off. Well, I imagine it's some kind of alarm clock kind of scenario as Mortarian is famous for his ability to (laughs) He does like clocks. He does love clocks. (laughs) So, like, I would imagine it's like... Loves the clock. Something like that. Yo, he famously (laughs) loves the clock. (laughs) I think... Um, The only way... Yeah. So, this is a... Hold one, hold two, hold more, and then this other detonation thing. So potentially, like, you get a bunch of points. Like, you could score, like, 20 points in one turn if you have two objectives or two bombs and you control three objectives. Uh, yeah, that's think, pretty freaking cool. I think the issue with this mission for me looking at this kind of a defensively is you really need OBSEC stuff in your list uh, to defend against this you mission need here. OBSEC defenders, right? Yeah. Because if you are coming against me and you're placing a lot of bombs, uh, if you don't have OBSEC, it's only a 50-50 whether you remove that. And if there's only maximum of uh, five bombs, because, you know, one a turn, uh, one unit per army, uh, if you have a 50-50 shot at defusing those, that is not good odds to stop them from scoring. Uh, But if you have OBSEC, it's, like, almost instantaneous. Uh, in fact, it auto because you add three to the roll, it auto passes. So really, you have to have access to those obsecs to defend against this for this mission. I really like how this <coughs> one's designed because, yeah, it does mean uh, that you have to approach your army list building differently, which I don't think a lot of the older missions did. For sure, um, like I think Swing Hawks are really good at this one because mm-hmm. they can set up a bomb, then fly away and set up another one. And then fly away and set up another one. So, like, they have, and like, play keep away from obsec units too. So, I think that unit's like particularly good. Um, and they can deep strike. So, you can deep strike in and then also prime explosives. Mm-hmm. So, if your opponent leaves any kind of a little gap, 
like they're going to be in some serious trouble. Yeah. Pretty cool. I like this one too. Uh, mission three here, data scry salvage. Um, their special mission rule is another action. Uh, one unit from your army can start to perform this action at the end of your movement phase when it is within range of the objective marker within its own deployment zone. And no enemy units are within range of that objective marker. This action is completed at the end of your turn, providing the unit attempting it is still within range of that objective marker. Uh, data terminals in this mission, if a player controls an objective marker that is in no man's land and at the end of their command phase, and one or more of their units that are in range of it has objective secured or a similar rule, it remains under the player's control, even if they move off of it. I'm a big fan of this this rule here. Um, and then we see that from, from other ones there. And the special secondary on this one here is each time a unit from your army successfully completes a data intercept action, you score a number of victory points equal to the number of objective markers you currently control that are in no man's land to a maximum of three victory points per action. Uh, this is a hold two, hold three, hold more on a six objective mission. Uh, Danny, I love this mission. There are four in the no man's land as well. So, well, there's six objectives um, total. Well, right. But you could have objectives in your deployment zone or something like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying that like, so like for, to score points on this, you don't have to control everything in no man's land, just mm-hmm. three of them. Yeah. Which is, which is great. So yeah, I think this is a really fun, I think this is a really fun mission. Uh, the best part about this mission here, Danny, uh, it does have a designer's note telling you how to set up the diagonal. <laughs> yeah. Which, thank God. Thank God, because we all... Do you remember the third round at RTTs when you would yell at the TO when he said uh, Vanguard Assault? And you'd be like, no. So, yeah. Right. So, unfortunately, though, for this one, John, mm-hmm. and this is my beef with it, the objective markers don't have real measurements. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Really? You see what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, measure like the board, like the edges, like so you know where the edge of your deployment zone is. But like, can you give us measurements like from the edge of the board to the objective markers instead of like this arbitrary random thing in the middle? Well, it's the center of the battlefield. It says on the plus side, so you just need to figure out where that is, and then you just yeah. Have to- but then like, then I'm measuring this imaginary line from the center of the battlefield to like these two objective points in the middle of no, I don't know. I just, why can't it be from the edge? That would be much simpler for everyone. I feel like. By the GW laser line uh, that's coming out. Oh, <laughs> that's not a thing. That's not a thing. <laughs> oh boy. Um, uh, abandoned sanctuaries is our next one here. Uh, the mission rule here, if a unit has a pre-battle oh, rule that, that allows it this to be set up anywhere in the Sorry. battlefield the unit cannot be set up in no man's land if unit has a rule that allows it to make a move before the first turn begins it cannot end that move in no man's land if any rule is used to redeploy a unit that rule danny cannot be used to set up a unit in no man's land this is huge no man- yeah so this is no man's land the mission so you can't scout move you can't infiltrate like stay out of stay off stay off old man gw's property in the middle of the table and you're just gonna have to move there like a normal speed no running like everyone else you're gonna have like a bunch of cursors a bunch of nerglings a bunch of scouts who are just like this sucks i gotta walk like a normal person i know um and then also doesn't that take a lot of things that people are uh kind of paying point upgrades and kind of things for for those pre-game scout moves uh, so again, this is just a mission that kind of completely throws a wrench into standard army construction. Totally. And like, so it makes you like, go, oh, is that stuff really worth it? Am I going to play this mission? Like in an RTT, one out of my three missions are going to be this. Well, 
F me, I guess. <laughs> like, I um, uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell us about Secure the Sanctuaries, the progressive and endgame objective? Yes, this is hold one, hold two. There are five objective markers. There are three in no man's land and then one each in your deployment zone. Um, the Secure the Sanctuaries is you score two victory points if you do one of the following things, at least one of the following things. You control the center the center battlefield marker, or you, uh, or you destroyed at least one enemy unit that's within six inches of the center of the battlefield at the start of your turn. Um, if you control it, at, if you control the center of the battlefield at the end of the game, five victory points, which is a big swing. Mm-hmm. Like that's more than controlling more than your opponent. That's like it's that's a big swing. So, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And that I mean really thankful again for that no man's land rule to stop you from getting a really strong foothold on there early on. Um, totally. Yeah, great. Almost like a a, a f- distant cousin of the relic. Yeah, I think Eldar are going to be really good at this one. Is that every mission? Uh, no, th- no, just <laughs> this one specifically. Just because I feel like if you can, at the last minute, like just kind of jump, like pounce on that center objective. Uh, especially if you go second, like you have a really big advantage. Because keep in mind, you're still scoring at the end of the turn for this primary, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you're going to get, you know, tw- you can get like 19 points, or sorry, not 19, 17 points. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm sorry. My mistake. 19 points. You can get 19 points in the last turn, like if you're the second player. Which much. is a huge swing. Yeah. Uh, which is super great. Uh, conversion is, is our first uh, corners uh, deployment that we've seen so far here. Uh, it's mission rule. Leading from the front in this mission, a player only receives a Battleforge CP bonus at the start of their command phase if the Warlord is on the battlefield or they are embarked on a transport model that is on the battlefield. Thoughts about that? That's fine. I don't think there's a lot of people that put their Warlord not on the battlefield. It's not super restrictive, I it's- guess. Yeah, it's 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 fine. Like it just is a little bit of a change you may want to think about if you're deep striking your warlord. I mean, I, I can see things sort of like maybe your your mortarians, maybe some dread. No, yeah, not a, not a huge amount. But again, what happens when your warlord dies? Uh, you don't get CP anymore. That's true. So that's the important part, I guess. So yeah, keep him alive. Because uh, that wasn't your plan in the first place, I guess. This is a five-objective mission. Me. This is a five-objective mission. Uh, hold one, hold two, hold more. Um, again, guys, all of these primaries are four points for each one, so you max 12 points in primary each turn. Um, just the conversion rate inflation is not going the way we want it to go. Command points don't buy, or uh, victory points don't buy you the same that they used to. Uh, and then their special objective is corrupted yeah. ground. <laughs> At the end of each player's turn, the player's turn it is, scores four victory points if they control the objective marker in the deployment zone, two victory points if they control one or more objective markers that are in no man's land, and they lose one victory point if they do not control the objective marker in their own deployment zone. Danny, is this the first time we've seen possibly negative victory points? Because uh, it doesn't say to a minimum of zero. Yeah. Oh, no, it, it does. does. A player's victory point score can never be reduced to less than zero. Um, but it says that right there, and I saw it as I said it there. But is this the first time we're seeing uh, that kind of negative modifier? I think so. I think it's the first time we've talked about it. But yeah, 
You can get negative victory points. Well, you can't go into negative victory points, but you can score zero points on this particular objective. Yeah. Just terrifying, which is good, but uh, terrifying. But yet, but also you can score, you can score eight points. Oh no, you can score, you can score six points on this if you, if you're doing really well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next mission that we have here, Danny, you know it, you love it. No one groans when it's announced as a mission in RTZ. I certainly am upset that it's the last mission at LVO. The scouring. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you have an action in this one. This is the special rule. Auspex scan. One unit from your army can start to perform this action at the end of your movement phase. If it's within range of an objective marker that has not been scanned by a unit in your army, see below. A unit cannot start this action while there's an enemy unit, excluding aircraft, in range of the same objective marker. This action is completed at the start of your next command phase or at the end of the battle, whichever happens first. Provided the unit attempting it is still in range of the same objective marker. If this action is successfully completed, that objective marker is said to have been scanned by your army. And so the thing is, though, John, and this is the nice thing about the scouring, it's Mm -hmm. now hold one, hold two, hold more. Not hold two, hold three, hold more, which was was what made the scouring off. Yeah, and that is what made the scouring awful. It's already going to be... It's already going to be a big punch in the dick mission here because, like, keep in mind, like, you are close. So mm-hmm. these objectives are all close together. So you have this is really going to reward a very aggressive army. Five objectives, all within no man's land, um, all within 24 inches, uh, super close together. Uh, and again, you have to move in and grab them. Uh, and you have to essentially, as soon as you grab an objective, you are in threat range of, of one of your enemy's units. So it's a real tradey mission. And Danny, like you said before, when it was hold two, uh, it was a very feels bad mission because a lot of armies can't hold two in those situations. And you as yeah. your opponent, you just have to kill one unit off of it to deny primary entirely to people. So super happy yeah. with that change. The end game objective for that special mission is at the end of the battle, each player scores three victory points for each objective marker on the battlefield that has been scanned by their army. Dude, I think it's still going to be rough. It's just not going to be as rough as it was before. Right. So it's they've softened the edges. They've lubed you up a little bit, um, but it's still the scouring. And if you don't relax, it's going to be real painful. I can't wait on Saturday to tell Tyler that the scouring still exists because he hates it more than any other person I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> so I'm very excited. To let, hey, just letting you know, the scouring still in there baby i hope you enjoy this like literally the only mission that didn't change its name in this book by the way pretty much yeah <laughs> so i think i think it's out of spite i think like honestly i think gw knows that people talk bad about it and they're like well screw you we're gonna keep it in we're gonna change every other name but we're gonna keep that in we're not only gonna keep it but extra f you because we're gonna well anyway we're gonna fix it but yeah yeah uh, so tide of conviction yeah tide of conviction danny this, the new man, the next mission here. Yeah, so this is, in this mission, a player only receives Battleforge CP bonus at the start of their command phase if they control the objective marker in their own deployment zone. Man. So again, don't let the enemy have your stuff. Yeah, servitors and never look so good. Yeah, right? Uh, they're like, they're weird, like they're kind of off-center, off the center, and then like it's kind of a, a rights of, or a, a Dawn of War style deployment. Mm-hmm. The objective layout um, does one, look like a Tetris board. 
It does. I, I'm hearing the Tetris music right now, but that might be tinnitus. I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, but this is a whole one. This is a whole two, three, hold more. Um, and then it has uh, for four points each. And then it also has uh, uh, overrun at mm-hmm. the end of each player's turn, or at the at the end of each player's first, second, third, and fourth turn. The player whose turn it is scores two victory points if they control at least one objective marker in their in their opponent's territory. At the end of the battle, each player scores four victory points if they control an objective marker in their opponent's deployment zone and two victory points for each other objective marker they control that is in their opponent's territory to a maximum of eight victory points per player. So, um, your opponent's territory is uh, uh, up until the board, center of the board. Mm-hmm. So basically you have the, the, the one in their deployment zone and then the two that are kind of off at the center a little bit in the middle uh, of their deployment of like, so let's see, it's six inches from the center, Mm -hmm. right? So that means that those ones are what? uh, 18 inches away from your deployment zone. Uh, So that's, that's your goal is to get 18 inches on like the, on the, on the first turn if possible. Yeah, on deployment onto, onto their objectives, and you have yeah. one of those objectives that's uh, like uh, far away from the edge, so away from sort of the heat, shall we say? And then one of your objectives in your zone is pretty close to that center battlefield. Um, so yep, it's, it's six inches. Impact. Yeah, so you have one that's going to be easier to get and hold, but kind of going for both is going to be where you're really going to score the maximum amount of points. But that's going to be pretty tough. Um, it's not, so yeah. The way I see this mission. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. no, go. You way more insightful than I am in this. Go. Well, so I think this is going to be one of these missions where the board is going to turn sideways. Like, yeah, you're deploying like Dawn of War, right? Mm-hmm. But because you're going to want to control the, like, you're going to want to go after the one on your opponent's flank, and they're probably going to want to go after that one too. It's going to kind of turn the board sideways a lot of a lot of times. Oh, yeah. Um, and I feel like, or at least I don't know. I feel like I'm talking here. I'm like, oh yeah, that's my strategy. Kind of um, turn it into like a fake hammer and anvil. Totally my <laughs> yeah i'm gonna turn it into and then i'm gonna blow you off the table but like you have to hold keep your own objective safety because that's worth you know that's worth two victory points yeah so and then four at the end of the game gotta watch out for that yeah uh anyway de- it's a cool mission definitely is uh death and zeal is our penultimate mission here um, its special mission rule is objective purged. In this mission, if the player controls an objective marker at the end of their command phase, um, one or more of their units that are in range of it have the objective secured ability or a similar rule. It remains under that player's control unless uh, the opponent controls it at the end of any subsequent phase, even if there are no models within range of it. This showing up again here. Yeah, obsec take it and leave it. That's what I call that. Yep, for sure. Um, which I think is a great change because, again, you're not having like little units grab it and then run away from it here. And, again, we're seeing the increase of importance in object, um, OPSEC units, um, go Necrons. Um, and then this uh, mission secondary is direct assault. At the end of each player's turn, the player whose turn it is scores two victory points if they satisfy one of the following conditions or three victory points if they satisfy both, so the, both of the following conditions. Uh, they control every objective marker in the battlefield, or they control at least one objective marker that they did not control at the start of their turn, or they destroyed at least one enemy unit that was in range of an objective marker at the start of their turn. Uh, it's a five-objective mission. Hold one, hold two, hold more. Danny, what's your take on death and zeal? Pretty cool. 
Like if you take an objective marker away from your opponent and destroy the unit that was doing it, you get three points. I think that's pr- pretty easy. Yeah, and again, you get um, rewarded for playing the mission. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like it's. I like that it's like sort of aggressive, but not like too aggressive. So mm-hmm. I think this is definitely another good one. Um, we'll see how this plays out. Uh, deployment for this, and this is a five objective mission, and the deployment is table quarters. So there's an objective marker in the middle of each table quarter, and then one in the center of the table. Yeah, absolutely. And then take us home with the final mission from the book here at the Strike Force level: secure missing artifacts. <sighs> After players have chosen their deployment zones, but before they declare reserves and transports, the players reposition one objective marker labeled A and B, and as described below. First, the attacker repositions either a one objective marker labeled A or one objective marker labeled B. Secondly, the defender repositions one objective marker labeled A and one objective marker labeled B. Finally, the attacker marker, the attacker repositions the last marker labeled A or B that was not that has yet to be repositioned. In all cases, when an objective marker is repositioned, you can set it up wholly within six inches horizontally of its original position, and not on or within any obstacles or defend, defensible terrain features. After all objective marker, and keep in mind this doesn't say within terrain. So I'm not sure if that's something that is new. Like, mm-hmm. so you can put this up inside of area terrain. Oh, I guess maybe not. It depends. Well, I guess it depends on what keyword it has. It really depends on that pregame conversation about what you set terrain sure. to be. Uh-oh, better talk about it. Anyway, after <laughs> all objective markers have been repositioned, each player secretly notes down one of their objective markers that is within their opponent's territory, not your territory, your opponent's territory. That is the priority objective marker. This cannot be the objective marker in the center of the battlefield. After both players have deployed their armies, then reveal their choices to their opponents. So um, this is way different than priority targets. Mm-hmm. Um, this is now called precious artifacts. Um, so this is a six, a five objective mission. Uh, hold one, hold two, hold more uh, for four points. Um, and then also precious artifacts is now the secondary for this, or not secondary, This the other primary objective. At each player's turn, that player, the player whose turn it is, scores th- three victory points if they control the priority objective marker that is in their own territory. So, yeah, if you sit inside of your your own territory, you're going to get three points. Nice. So this is sorry, my mistake. This is exactly the same. <laughs> it's just slightly renamed. Oh, yeah. Good oh, to, but your opponent gets to decide what the priority the priority marker is, isn't it? Uh, duh, duh. yeah, yeah. Your opponent gets to decide who which one is the priority objective marker. Yeah, which is a big change. Cool, because that makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I will say of these missions, four of them, four of the nine, have the same objective layout, um, with the one in each uh, table quarter in the center and one in the middle. Uh, which yeah, that's true. strikes me as, this, as good to know. This one has triangles for deployment. And they're the weird triangles. So it's like hammer and anvil triangles. Hammer and triangles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, so I'm excited to see like what people decide to come up with for builds and things like that. I think you want some fast units that can do some actions. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be infantry, but it definitely helps. Just a tank like Rhino driving around your opponent's deployment zone, dropping off bombs is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, 
I think this is the rise of bikes. Like this is the rise of bikes uh, as, as unit types. This is the rise of obsec. Um, and really what I appreciate about this book, and we're going to do the, the points of field manual at a different time because, you know, the, this book was quite, well, quite chunky. Uh, but the, just the, the different builds you're doing with your army now to kind of maximize your missions is great. Again, it's putting that uh, emphasis on obsec uh, over all else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, I agree. I yeah. think that's pretty smart. Might be able to kill a bunch of stuff, but if you can't hold things because you're not OPSEC or you have to roll a four plus instead of automatically doing it, then, then you're kind of bum out of luck. You're going to be the big sad. Going to be yeah. the big sad. Uh, Danny, what are your final hot takes on chapter approved mission pack Warzone Nashville Grand Tournament? Um, so I think what they've done is they've taken all the missions, they've doused them in a vinegary hot sauce and then resupplied them in such a way that you would imagine uh, Nashville chicken to taste like. And it's delicious, John. It's just delicious. Everyone loves it. That's right. tried it, you're going to like it. I think you're going to like these missions. Our official review of the mission pack is Nashville chicken. Uh, Danny, (laughs) thank you so much for coming on, talking through these missions with me. I'm super excited to start playing them. I'm sad that we have to do the old ones in two weeks' time, but that's okay. What a way to send it out with a bang. Um, there you go. Thank you again to Games Workshop for sending us this events copy, letting us yeah. look it over. Uh, super appreciate that. Uh, you can catch Danny and I every Monday night in the Frontline Gaming Network on Grim After Dark. Uh, you can catch us every other Wednesday or every other Saturday when I remember to upload it on Mob Rules. And we will do our product reviews and just generally have a good time, unless both Danny and I are a little sad, but that's okay. Uh, so for Mob Rules, um, I've been John. I've been Danny. And we'll see you next time. Anecdotal.